Are there 15-year-olds named Jim? I don't think there are. Welcome to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, parenthood, publishing, and marriage. I'm Morgan Baden, and with me is my co-host and my husband, Barry Liga. You're back. I am back. Hooray! You, you left again, but you came I back. Had, I had quite a week. You did. Um, I went to Orlando for two separate events, so I went there and back twice, which is funny. Um, and I do want to talk about the second time, because it was so fun. <laughs> And it's related. I'm glad you were having fun. Uh, well, you had fun. Your uh, mom was I in was town. Fine. No, but it was weird. I mean, sort of twofold. One was, um, it was a very exciting, but sort of busy and hectic, but really fun work trip that I had to go on. But um, meanwhile, it, you know, it's really weird to be away from the baby for that long. Yeah. I was gone for, um, just for one night in the first, the first part of the week, but I, when I got home, she was already asleep. So for her, it was like, I was gone for two nights and then, um, only spent another night with her here. <laughs> and then I was off again for, um, three nights. three nights. Yeah. Um, and that's all, I, you know, that feels like a long time when you have a, a toddler. Yeah. So I missed her a lot. I, I really felt like, you know, I have a friend, shout out to Vanessa, who is a new mom. She's a, a 12 week old. And she was talking about how, um, she just went back to work this week and how 445 rolls around and she is so excited because it means she's almost ready to leave and can see her baby and, and she misses him so much. And, um, you know, I remember when I first went back to work, I would literally like run home. Like I would get out of the subway and be not quite running, but like <laughs> speed walking. Like I could have broken records <laughs> just yeah. to get here. And like, I remember those first couple of days at, in the office where literally around like three 30, I would start to get really antsy and be like, okay, I should just leave now. Like I should go now. Everything's fine here. You know, right. like this really funny thing. And obviously that goes away to a certain extent. Um, but this was the first time me going away like this, the first time that I felt it again, because, and I've been away for that long before I went on vacation with my, with my mom and the my la- sister. The last time we had a special guest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I came back and, and beforehand I had plenty of, of baby time. And this time I didn't feel like it because I came back on a Sunday, went to work Monday or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't take a day to, to just be with her. So, um, Anyway, this is a long way of saying, A, thank you for covering the weekend shift yet again. <laughs> um, but B, it was really it was really interesting, like, recognizing or sort of um, feeling that refreshed missing, like that gut from your gut, that missing of your kid, right. even though you're in the same house with her. So I feel like um, we're here this weekend, and, and I, I had a really nice day with her today, and we got a lot of bonding in, and um, so I feel like we're back to normal. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Thanks. We missed you while you were gone. Yeah. And- it's true. My mom my mom came up and helped out, which was great because um, right before you left- You got sick again. I got sick, which only lasted for a couple of days this yeah. time, but, but it was, was really harsh this time. But I also like, there's something wrong with us <laughs> because we just keep getting sick, you know? So. Well, everybody out there who has kids is laughing right now because this is what it's like when you have I kids. I know. Yeah. Um, but it, so I'm glad that my mom- came up because I was a wreck for, you know, like two of the days that you were gone and she was able to cover for me. And then, uh, and then Sarah came last yeah, week and, thank and you, covered Sarah for you and we had a fine talk. So, uh, so between my mom and Sarah, it, it was like, you weren't here. It was like, you weren't gone at all. Huh. Well, I'm going to go again. This weekend, <laughs> so, no. um, okay. So let's talk about why I was gone. 
Because sure. it is related to writing in a very big way. It is. Uh, I was at the Harry Potter celebration at Universal Studios. Scholastic is one of the sponsors for that annual event. This is Go the third year. Figure. I know. And um, it's the first year I went, and it was amazing. And Would you say it was magical? I would say it was indeed magical. Wow. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, and maybe this is going to sound really basic, okay? But just go with me anyway, which is... You know, I, I went to theme parks growing up as a kid. I have family in Florida, so literally every year we would drive down to Florida to see them. We'd go to Disney World, yada, yada. I enjoy theme parks, not in a, like, passionate way, but in a way that it was fun. I left the Harry Potter Expo thinking, like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but really, the reason it's so cool and the reason it's so remarkable is because it truly is, I mean, it is this huge physical thing that people pay a lot of money to go to, that has been sort of immaculately, impeccably created, all based on a book. Yeah. And when you think about that, and like, that sounds so obvious, but it just kept hitting me sometime over the weekend, like, everyone is here. There are literally thousands and thousands of families here. They're dressed up. They've, they're so excited. They come every year or they don't, whatever. Like, they're getting their hands on everything they can get there. All because of a book. And that is really freaking amazing. Now you know how I felt the first time I went to a comic book convention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but also, like, yes, but also no. Because this is a single series. Sure. So, like, I'm trying, you know, if there were a Superman theme park. Right. And they held a Superman Expo every year, like, that I would, would be. I would be there. I know you would. But, yeah, and it's just, I don't know, it was so cool. And, like. Sometimes I just sort of look around. I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, yeah, Harry Potter, that was a great, great series. Um, it's a it's a modern-day classic. It changed the world of children's literature. That is all true. But I do think sometimes people forget, like, just how much of an impact right. it has had on the world. And you see it at an event like this and at the fact that there is a literal theme park based around it. But um, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, the creators of the Wizarding World at Universal because it is truly impeccably done. I was in Diagon Alley several times just thinking like, I, I feel like I'm in the books right now. Yeah. I really do. It That's was cool. really, really... That's cool. Yeah, it was just a really cool experience. So, um, made even more cool by the fact that I'm in the middle of rereading the Harry Potter series. So uh, it's very fresh it just you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, right. Yeah, so, I, you know, I just, I feel like I felt the magic even more, but... I wonder what it will be like, you know... Right now in the tech world, the big thing that everybody is talking about is virtual reality. Yeah. And I'm wondering, once that sort of becomes a more common consumer thing, like, will you be able to live in the world of Harry Potter right. at home whenever you want? Yeah, you yeah. Know? And what will that do? Like, it'll be cool that you can just plug in and do that at home, but then you don't have to go somewhere yeah. and sort of commune with your fellow geeks. Well, I was going to say that the communing is part of this, what yeah. makes it so special, of course. You know, at one point... Um, we were working in the booth late on Saturday night for like this VIP expo and my job, I didn't need to be in the booth. Uh, I didn't need to be working the booth at all during the weekend. And then this was a sort of last minute schedule shift. Um, and it was sort of all hands on deck. So I'm like standing there rolling posters for the guests that are coming in. I had so much fun because every family who came up, we were just talking like, right. where are you from? You know, which deathly hello would you prefer? Like that kind of right. thing. Um, and it was so neat. So, so fun. So, um, anyway, yeah. Cool. So that was my I'm weekend in Harry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so while we were still talking about writing, 
there's something that came up a couple of weeks ago and uh, and I wanted to talk about it because I don't think you and I have ever talked about it. And I'm always curious whether other writers think that this is a thing or not. Mm-hmm. Naming characters. I hate it. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say hate it. I just find it really difficult, particularly last names. So first names, oh. I'm like, okay, I have some ideas and then I'll settle on something. No big deal. Um, last names are the bane of my existence. Everybody's like Smith. That's a, well, I literally like, I just sort of hearken back to people I knew from childhood and steal their last names. What do yeah, you do? You're going to get sued. <laughs> what do you do? I, I have, I have found a couple different tactics over the years that I've used. There was one that I used back in the day, as we like to say. In the days of yore. In the days of yore. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> in the days of yore. And I read this. In, I, I wish I could remember where, but this was a hint that I found in one of those, you know, how to write books, um, which I read voraciously as a kid. Mm. And um, it suggested that you use the phone book. <laughs> now, Take, what is a phone book? Well, I know that that <laughs> I was you, you, you stepped on my punchline because that's the problem, of course. But back in the day, I can remember I would just take the white pages, the yeah. local white pages, open to a random page, find a first name. And then open to another random page, wow. find a last name. And that way you're not using a real person's name, right. you know, but they're also real names. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of problems with that, um, particularly in that I don't think white pages exist anymore. Right. I mean, it's online, but it's tough to randomly find. Thing, yeah. You can't just randomly yeah. flip to something. The other thing is that I feel like depending on where you live, um, the the names might all sort of be similar yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean like, you know, where I lived, for example, uh, where I grew up, there was not a, uh, terribly diverse population. Right. So I wasn't going to find a lot of, uh, uh, Asian names or yeah. Indian names or Hispanic names yeah. or, you know, anything that wasn't, you know, redneck. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and so depending on what you're writing and what you're trying to accomplish with your work, that could be a way that you, you end up with sort of a sameness yeah. to all of your character names. And inadvertently too. No, completely, totally inadvertently. Yeah, Yeah, totally inadvertently. Um, So now, one thing that I tend to do when writing YA is I try to sort of figure out, okay, roughly when was my character born? Yeah. And then I go online and I look up the most popular names for that year, and then I either use one of them, or sometimes I try to go for something that nobody was using that year. It really depends, like. Mm Like, and it, it becomes one of those things where you're like, who is this character? What is this character all about? What is this character's background? Who is this character's parents? Right. Because parents yeah. pick names. I mean, are, are the parents hippies? And so her right. name is Meadow, you know? Right, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things like that. And there are cases where, um, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, I like this kid a lot, but this kid's parents are sort of schlubs. They would just pick whatever was popular at the time, right? you know? And so I just picked the popular name. But then there are times where I'm like, no, like this kid's parents would not want a popular name and they would be thinking outside the box and blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. go with, with something there. Um, last names are tough. Yeah. Last names are really tough. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I don't steal a friend's last name. But I will think of a friend's last name and make some modifications yeah, to it. Yeah, I do that sometimes, you know, too. You add a syllable. You take out a syllable. Yeah. You switch some letters, yeah. whatever. Um, I named in, in the book that I wrote last year that I think we will be able to officially announce on this podcast pretty soon. Nice. Because I believe the contract is done and it's just a matter of signing off on it. 
But anyway, I actually named the main character twice, purely by accident. Oh, that's right. Purely by accident. Uh, I I was writing the book, and I hadn't given him a name yet because the book's first person, so I didn't really care what his name was when I first started writing it. Yeah. What mattered was his character. And I came up with a name for him, and uh, I used it. And as listeners know, I wrote this book out of order and, yeah. and just in snatches wherever I could steal time. So what happened was a week or so later, I'm writing part of the book just randomly, and I had forgotten I'd given the kid a name. And so I said, oh, i got to come up with a name for him. So I gave, I gave him another one, yeah. name. I, when I was reading it, I yeah. remember being like, wait, yeah. who's this guy? So I, uh, I ended up using both names. I ended up making one of them his last name because <laughs> uh, I liked both of them. Yeah. So. Can I ask, though, as a yeah. reader, do you ever sort of get um, maybe pulled out of the story by something, by a name? And I ask this because I have, and I'm wondering how you, how typical this is, but... I was reading, there was a YA book that came out a few years ago, maybe five or so, and um, it did pretty well, and I read the book, and I was really pulled out of the story because 90% of the characters, who were all high schoolers, set in modern day time, so, you know... Not not days of yore. Right, right. Um, So, I don't know, 2010, I have no idea when this book came out. Um, But they were all names of... Like, my contemporaries. The very popular names that I grew up with. Got it. And the author seems to be about the same age as me. So, I started thinking, like, I I just am going to call BS on the fact that every student in this high school is named a name that was really popular in the mid-70s. You know, like, it just... and They were all Jenny and... It it was, like, Steven and and Jim. And I was like, really? Like, are there 15-year-olds named Jim? I don't think there are. I'm sure there are, but do you know what I mean? But it's and I, not popular. And yeah. when it was every single character, I was just really, I just, it just really pulled me out. So, yeah. um, just as a reader, is that something you notice? I don't know that I do. Um, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a situation where something like that has happened to me. I don't think so. Yeah. I guess it just doesn't bother me. Um, I'm sure I've noticed it, but I don't know that it's ever stopped me from reading something. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember, I don't know why I'm remembering this, but there was a book that I read once a million years ago where the main character was a, a police detective named Evan. Okay. And for some reason, the author decided that he would spell Evan, not E-V-A-N, but E-V-E-N. Ah, even. Right. <laughs> Which most of the time didn't matter because the name was in the middle of running text and it was capitalized. Yeah. But occasionally a sentence would start oh. with it. And I would go, even walked. Even, wait, what? And then, and then. Oh, right, Evan. Evan. That's funny. Yeah. So I don't know where the hell that came from. Yeah. Um, no, you know, the, it doesn't bother me. What, what does bother me? And you'd think this wouldn't, because I have a long history of reading comic books, and you know, the names there can be bizarre. What does bother me sometimes is just names that just are so clearly just invented. And obviously, oh. like in fantasy novels and science fiction, of course, yeah. most of these names are invented. But there is an art to inventing a name that doesn't just sound like gibberish. Yeah. You know? And I'm this is something I'm thinking about now because I'm writing a fantasy novel mm-hmm. and I'm inventing names. And, you know, I, I'm like, wait, does that actually yeah. sound like a name yeah. wait, or or what? Um, you know, and, and then you start thinking about... The nature of names and words, yeah. and, you know, we all have, you know, you know, names that we call ourselves, but then our true names are longer or mm-hmm. more complicated or whatever, or nicknames and all that stuff. So, you know, and why wouldn't people in a fantasy world 
have the same thing, you yeah. know? So it's like, okay, well, this character's name is blah, blah, but her friends call her this, yeah. you know? And, and so then you have to invent two names yeah. um, and hope that they both <laughs> sound realistic. So yeah, I, I'm thinking about it a lot and, uh, I don't know if, if I'm being successful or not. I may end up changing all the names yeah. in this book. Who knows? Well, it's funny. Um, one of my guilty pleasures when I was pregnant and even afterwards was reading the baby name boards on some, right. of, the, some yeah. of the parenting apps. Oh God, I remember. Yeah. And it would be, you know, what basically people, submit new threads of the names they're considering and ask for people's input. And it is a brutal, brutal landscape because there are some regulars on there who just do not stray from like, you know, classic names, I guess I'll say. And so if you go in there and say, I want to name my baby Macintosh or, or, you know, whatever. Um, iPad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get shot down very quickly. Right. But uh, anyway, it, it, those always, uh, it was very <laughs> it makes, interesting to read those. It makes me think of, isn't there like a committee in France that decides what words you're allowed to use? They words do, or names? Words. Like, oh, I don't like know. decides like if a word will, if basically like in English, if there's a word from another language that we like, we just sort of absorb it and it becomes English. So like yeah. taco right. is technically not an English word, but we have decided, no, it's English. But in France, they would like, oh, they, they would, they would not use the word, they would use the word taco, but it would always be italicized, right? Cause oh, it would always right. be considered yeah. a foreign word. Yeah. It would only be absorbed into French. If this like group of people agreed on it which i imagine is looking very much like harry potter characters actually <laughs> you know sitting sitting behind their desk would you know go the ministry, yeah, we have of verbiage. The, the ministry of verbiage yeah maybe maybe i'm making this up maybe this is some kind of weird like american xenophobia <laughs> that that i've absorbed but i feel like i've heard about this but that, there are countries there's an official language naming group. boards yeah oh yeah forbidden names yeah. yeah well there was actually Hey, we have that here now. There was there was a judge a couple of years yes. ago. Yeah. Uh, a woman named her son Savior. Yep. And the judge said, "Nope, there's only one Savior in history, and this kid isn't it." And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And he made the like he wow. issued a court order saying you got to change your kid's name. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. Um, I do uh, speaking going back to characters' names. Every now and then, some agents will talk about trends they're seeing in manuscripts uh, in terms of names. And I remember a few years ago... Everybody is Tyler and Skyler. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I no, do remember seriously. Astrid. And a whole bunch of Astrid? agents... Yeah, a whole bunch of agents were like, what's going on? I just got ten manuscripts where the main character is a girl named Astrid. Huh. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I just always think of those things. It's well, I'll write one where the boy is named Astrid. That'll go. get him. Yeah. Anyway, so naming characters, pain or not... Yeah, I don't know what other advice to give. You know, people ask me a lot about coming up with names for, for my characters. And I just, I don't know. I yeah. haven't had many problems. Yeah. You know, and, and there are only a handful of times where I can say, this is how I came up with the name. Yeah. Usually, it's just... Well, the name just sort of comes to yeah, you just like, yeah, like just the like char- the character Yeah, the does. character is just, that's so their name. Totally, They, they yeah. couldn't have another name. That's got to be their name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess from... from from my perspective, it's really more about a the last names yeah. and b the sort of peripheral characters. Right. Where like, oh, I need a teacher or I need a whatever. What the hell is her name going to be? You know. So. Right. I remember in in After the Red Rain, I was naming most of the characters. I was deliberately using modern names, but then like switching one letter. Yeah. For example. Which makes sense. Um, which I thought worked for a for a you know a couple hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, but yeah, that, you know, that, that, that's a nice little trick, I guess. Yeah. But 
I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, my, my advice is just, you know, again, like think of when your character was born yeah. and go look, and at, look what, at what, what, what were the yeah. popular names then? And that doesn't mean go with one of the popular names, but just use that as your context totally. yeah. and think about the character. And again, think about the character's parents. Cause that's really where it all starts. Yeah. yeah. Um, last names, you know, there's no white pages, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I, I think it really is just go a matter of... Go to Facebook and just Yeah, go to Facebook. <laughs> Look at friends of friends of friends. Yeah, and again, get, like, switch it up enough. a little bit. Yeah. You know, like if a friend's last name is, you know, you know, Voinovich, don't use that exactly. Yeah. You know, change it to Vinodovich, right, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Cool. Fun advice. Thank you. Um, let's talk about emails. Sure. This sure. is a hot topic. No. A very hot topic. No, seriously. So I have a couple... Are you familiar with Tiny Letter? Yes. Okay, so... I love tiny letters. I've, I've subscribed to probably four or five of them. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. And um, really what it is is just uh, it's twofold. One is um, it can be someone just doing sort of regular long form writing of their own or sort of like a, a I guess what would be a blog post or a diary entry or whatever. Um, only they're not publishing it on a blog post. They're sending they're out sending email. it out. And the other is uh, curating links that you love or right. that you read that week or whatever. Um, and I just, I, I'm really struck by the trend of tiny letters right now. And there, I'm sure there are other vendors as well. I'm just tiny letters, the one that jumps to my mind. But um, I am loving finding them in my email inbox and like being able to read them on my own time. Uh, there's one in particular that I love called UpTalk which is a woman I used to know through Girls Right Now. We both volunteered there, and now she's a, a television writer. She right, right now she's writing for telenovela. Uh, it's a very done, funny show. Yeah, and she's done Awkward on MTV. So uh, anyway, I love UpTalk. It's my favorite of the tiny letters. And what it is is it's her curating a, li- a list of articles that she's read online this each week that are written by women. And she uh, divvies it up into, into certain topics. But it's really funny, and... Um, and it just is like a, a place that I can count on to read great content that I missed that week. Sure. And and then I get some others from people who are writing sort of more diary, diary long form things. And then I get the skim every day too. So the skim is uh, what I wake up to in my email and it's the list of what's going on in the world. And it's very handy to read. Uh, so basically what I'm getting at is like, What's the deal with email? Why are we all, all of a sudden back on email? <laughs> you know, th- th- this is where our interests intersect. Yeah. Because you are very interested in in sort of communication and the, the, the communal use of the word. And I'm a tech geek. Right. And this is something that is talked about in the tech field all the time because everybody in technology hates email. Right. Hates it. Uh-huh. And they're always talking about, this is going to be the next thing that replaces it. They're right. always talking about... And nothing ever does. Yep. And the reason why is because as much as everybody hates email, it's simple. Mm-hmm. Anybody can understand it. Anybody can use it. And it is an open protocol that's available to every person, every company, every app, every technology. As opposed to, you know, Twitter's not going to replace email yeah. because it's one it's a one API held by one company. Mm-hmm. Slack is not going to replace email yeah. because it's one API held by one com- one set of APIs held by yeah. one company. None of these things are going to replace email because email is out in the wild. Yeah. It exists. Anybody can make an email app and nobody can tell you not to make an yeah. email app or what to put into it or anything like that. And that's why email 
is, you know, proliferates like a freaking STD because it's free and open. But even just from a function perspective, email lets, I control my email. Yeah. I read what I want to read when I want to read it in the order that I want. I unsubscribe to things. I subscribe to things, whatever. Like, you know, the average lifespan of a tweet is four minutes. So is it? It is. Wow. Yeah. And if you're, so I can't. That's depressing. I know it is. Yeah. I mean, and that's why if you work in social, you know, like. It's probably also about two minutes longer than I would have thought. (laughs) (laughs) But like the average lifespan of a pin on Pinterest is three to four months. Whereas a tweet is four minutes. So, uh, you know, when you sort of figure that out, it's easy to come up with a strategy. But anyway, so. So, yeah, so I just, I'm really intrigued by the fact that we all sort of seem to be swinging back to email newsletters. And then I started thinking of author newsletters. Sure. Which I subscribe to, uh, I think, three, counting okay. yours. Um, and one of them actually goes to my Yahoo, which is my spam account, because I signed up for it years and years and years ago, right. and I don't really actively read it. So, um, anyway, what made you, t- talk to me about your author newsletter. Ugh. I feel bad about my author newsletter because I, I it doesn't get much love. Uh, I, I, for a while there, for you. well, yeah, for me, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Um, for a while there, I was sending it out pretty much every month, and then things sort of uh, fell to the wayside. I was about to blame the baby for that, but I think it was before the baby came <laughs> that things fell by the wayside. And now it's more like maybe two, three times a year. I'm, I'm not sure. For newsletters, if if the frequency really matters, yeah. I, mean, I, I think actually less is better because if you do it too often, people are going to get ticked off and unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's good that I don't do it every month. Maybe more people would go, oh, I'm tired of seeing this every month. Um, you know, I, I, I have a weird relationship with my newsletter. I, I feel like most of the people who get my newsletter probably follow me on Twitter or read my blog or follow me on Tumblr. And so I feel this need to come up with stuff for my newsletter that is different from all That's of like that stuff. Right. Newsletter, yeah. And then when I do that, I think, oh, well, now all the people who are following me online but not getting my newsletter, they missed out on that. <laughs> so now I've screwed them over. <laughs> so I. <sighs> See how much he cares about you, reader? God, I care <laughs> so much. So. Yeah, it's complicated, and I don't know quite what to do about it. And since I don't know quite what to do about it, I just don't do it very often. <laughs> that That's what it comes down to. Do you read any from other Do authors? I read any? I do get a couple. Okay. I do get a couple. Uh, my good friend Maria Snyder, um, who uh, who is a novelist, I get hers. Um, Kay Kenyon, I get hers. Um, and there are a couple of others. Um, but again, I, I feel like for the most part, that almost feels like a solidarity thing for me okay. because a lot of times, especially Maria's, they tend to be sort of like, here's where I'm going to be yeah. and here's some writing tips. And yeah. I'm like, well, I know I where you're going to be that. and I yeah, don't really yeah. need the writing tips, but thanks for thinking of me. Uh, <laughs> I read Sarah McLean's. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does hers have smooching? It's just all smooching. It's all smooching. It's just pictures of, of kisses. Smooching. Yeah. Wow. That's a great, that's a great a idea for newsletter. So I'm kidding you guys, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it, it's funny because the, the tiny letters thing, I, I follow something similar. I follow a uh, next draft, okay, which is, uh, it's the same thing. It's every day. It's a sort of 10 stories that this guy thinks are important. And sometimes he has little subcategories under each one, but it's basically a list of 10 okay. things that he thinks are important that you should see. And he links to various stories and he has some, some snarky commentary usually about it. Um, and, 
and yeah, so I enjoy that because it captures a very wide range of, of subjects and topics. And so I get a kick out of that because he usually flags things that I've missed. And sometimes it'll be like a day later and he'll flag something and I'll be like, I saw that yesterday. I was ahead of you. <laughs> and then I feel very special. But it's interesting because I've been thinking in that, I've been thinking about that sort of thing. I've been thinking about, might it be interesting for me to put something out there that is not content I'm creating, but rather is just, here's what I think is interesting in the world. Yeah. Which um, is what up top sort of, is. Yeah, sort, really of like, sort of like a link it, yeah. blog. Sort of like a link blog, which I, I toyed with, but I, I don't know. But there's this thing on Flipboard, yeah. which I love the Flipboard app. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing on Flipboard called magazines, where you can create your own magazine. Okay. And all you do is, like, while you're reading something either on Flipboard or somewhere else, you can just hit add to magazine. And it'll put this story into the magazine and you can, quote unquote, publish the magazine. Really? And people can subscribe to it and follow it. Okay. And they can see it, obviously, on the Flipboard app on their phone or computer or whatever. But there's also a web component and they can follow it just in a web browser. That's cool. And I've been thinking about setting that up. And then I thought, gosh, it's all going to be stuff about the Flash TV show (laughs) and Apple. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm considering doing something like that. It feels a little weird because it sort of feels like... Like, why should anybody give a crap what I think is interesting and follow that? But, I don't know. But you think that about Twitter, too. Why should anyone give a crap what I'm thinking? Yeah. yeah. And they do. No, for four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) They care for four minutes. No, they don't care for four minutes. They care for four minutes. They laughs for four minutes. Um, They stop caring three minutes before that. (laughs) No, but, you know, the, the trend is, of course, that everyone becomes a content publisher and every kind of company becomes a content company, no matter what they're selling. And, you know, um, I guess that's just what, that's how we live now online. I guess, yeah. And there's, there's a political aspect to it too, which I would probably shy away from politics and things like that because there are times I find things interesting that I don't agree with, but I find them interesting. And if all you do is post that to your thing, people assume that anytime you post something, you agree with it. And it's just, you know, life's too short for that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I don't talk about politics at all. Yeah. Online. Yeah, right. <laughs> you believe me for a second. <laughs> I didn't believe you for a second. I was thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, let's do a quick writing update. So? Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, I don't really have an update, sadly. Wow. It's been two full weeks. How selfless of you then to bring this up. <laughs> no, I, you know, maybe it's a way for me to kick myself in the pants here. Yeah. Um, it was that whole you first week excuse. I was traveling. You were and, gone. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I had a really busy this week, this week too, just with yeah. um, dinner plans and people coming over and very active social life, really. Do you think Virginia Woolf let her dinner plans get in the way of <laughs> writing? Um, but I am... Uh, yeah, I feel bad. I, I brought my laptop to Florida with me last time and did not open it. Did not even crack it open. That's just sad. I know. That is sad. Eudora Welty is rolling over in her grave she right is. now. She is. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. But, um, you know, as soon as we finish recording this, I'm going to go finish. <laughs> <laughs> so, my writing update. I am... Let's look. I can bring it up. You're a little salty because I was holding you to some writing goals that you did not want to be held to. Right? This is true. Yeah. This is true. You ordered me quite imperiously, (laughs) might I add, 
to write 3,000 words in a day, and which, which hang scoffed. on, which normally would not have been a problem for me under normal circumstances, but these are no longer normal circumstances. No, these are normal now. Well, but I had to do some other things that day. Yeah. So I couldn't devote the whole day. So I did not write 3,000 words. I wrote 2,600 words. <laughs> uh, so that was not bad. I am uh, almost 6,000 words into this fantasy novel. Okay. I'm not sure when I'll stop working on it and move on to the other project that I'm considering to see which one I want to yeah. finish. Um, but I feel pretty good. I'm 6,000 words into it. Um, I just got to what I think is the first, uh, oh my God, moment in the book where you kind of go, are you kidding me? Uh, so that's kind of cool. And uh, and and we'll see. But I'm having this, fun with it. I mean, are, I, th- I thought the idea was to write for two weeks or yeah. X amount of words. Um, and then switch to the other one and then figure it out, right? Yeah. The problem is that it's been two weeks, but I was not really able to focus on it for those two weeks. Okay. Because I got sick, because you went away, because, you know, a variety of things. So I'm giving myself a little more time. And also, I sort of had in mind that I wanted – I think there's going to be three point-of-view characters. Okay. Well, no, four. Four point-of-view characters in this book. I have already written scenes from the point-of-view of two of them. I want to at least write Explore one scene from yeah. the other two. So, and now I've, I feel like I've just gotten to the point where I can jump into the third one. Yeah. So I, I feel like I want to do that at the very least. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then I'll move on to, to the other project. So it, it, it's going pretty well. I'm having, Good. I'm having a, a lot of fun with it. Good. Um, and you're not doing anything, but you're going to, you have to write <laughs> wow, 3000 words tonight. <laughs> um, I, I mean, sadly, I can't even like. It's been two full weeks since I've opened it, yeah. so I can't even can't even remember where where I left off, which I hate that feeling. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do right now. That's a rough feeling. Going to crack open a beer and just sort of settle into it. Okay, good. Yeah. Ernest right. Hemingway would be proud. I do everything for Ernest. Actually, I don't know if he drank beer. He drank he probably whiskey drank and whiskey. scotch. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he would call you a piker. I don't even know what that is. I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Oh, wait. Hang on. Bye. Before we do that, can I just say, people have uh, have emailed in with suggestions for books, and uh, I've downloaded a bunch of samples, and I'm going through them, and thank you so much. Send in more suggestions. Um, thank you so much, everybody. I awesome. really do appreciate it. I mean, I haven't actually read a full book, but I've read, like, the first, like, 50 pages of a bunch of books, so that's cool. Yeah, but I- have you... Then has the sample worked and then you've gone on and purchased in a book? In two cases, I am going to buy the whole book. Great. In a couple of other cases, no. Okay. Well, and that's I'll, good. That's I'll, I'll give more information about that as we yeah, go yeah, along, yeah. No, obviously. That's great. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. All right. Don't forget to visit us online at writinginreallife.com. Uh, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a rating. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.